Hello, welcome to the Working Man's Honest Bicycle Program. My name is Matteo, and I'm joined by my pal, Greg Colby. Hey, hey, Matteo, uh, uh, let's let's talk let's talk bikes, bikes, let's bikes, bikes. Let's do it. And the reason for that is because this is a podcast about bikes, for bikes, by uh, and and by bicycles. For- by bicycles. <laughs> are we bicycles i screwed that one up greg oh no 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 let's roll with it roll with it it's for bicycle racers by bicycle racers and also for anyone who loves bikes you don't got to be a bike racer we love you anyway that's what we're all about we're going to bring you heady heady conversations we hope heady talk about bicycling related topics some of it might be relevant to racing some of it might not be um but it's going to be a good time so uh, let's let's roll into that and yes. uh, have some fun together. Yes, welcome to our audience. Sit down and yammer with us for a little bit. Hell yeah! Let's. Uh, I want to talk about bike lanes tonight. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's talk about bike lanes. Well, well what are you thinking about bike bike lanes? What what do you uh, what do you want to where do you want to go? So in the time that I've been riding a bicycle, which is like you know a whole bunch of my childhood, and then most of my adult life which when i put it that way it sounds like most of my life but that's not entirely what i'm going for here's what i'm going for in the past 10 years uh many cities in the united states have like really changed their approach to streets and maybe not radically and maybe not as comprehensively as many of us would like but i think it's pretty safe to say that before there were a couple bike lanes in some places and after uh, bike infrastructure is getting a lot more attention. So for people, I think, who've been riding their bikes over the past decade, it's hard not to notice bike lanes where there were none and then sort of more advanced bicycle infrastructure like protected bike lanes and special traffic lights and other things that accommodate uh, and make conditions much safer for cyclists and like you know transportation oriented cyclists people riding their bike through a city to get to work people cruising around this and that and i guess the question that i want to put out there is we're both bike racers you and i we like to ride our bikes fast i'm i'm curious about your thoughts about like the 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 lower speeds and like sense of responsibility that come with a bike lane and the desire to ride fast as if there is no world around you. Yeah, so I'm I'm glad that uh, you decided to ask about this because it is a topic that I have this weird, uh, well, maybe not weird, but I do have some anxiety around because I, I do feel like I'm being pulled in two directions, if that makes sense, where I... I really strongly, on the one hand, I, I strongly support, you know, more bicycle infrastructure because I think it absolutely gets more people out on bikes because they feel like they can ride bikes more safely. And I, I know from talking to uh, people in my life who are not like me, who are not really into riding bikes for the sake of riding bikes, you know, they aren't, or I should say they aren't like enthusiasts, right? They don't go out mm-hmm. on, and ride, you know, 40, 50, 60, whatever miles, 
you know, they forget are about racing. Citizens. Yeah, they're they're humble citizens, normal people, <laughs> not weirdos. Yeah. Um, and and I know from talking to them that bike lanes absolutely make them feel safer riding out like they can like they can now use this particular road that they couldn't before so in that sense i think they're really great and i encourage greater adoption of them and apparently these cycle tracks which is the term of art for uh what's more accurately called a protected bike lane so a bike lane where there is at the very least some kind of curb or parked car separating the lane from the motor vehicle lane uh, apparently are, are quite safe and really great and all that stuff. But they do seem much more constrained in terms of where you can go and how fast because then there's more people on them. And, and I think about all the multi-use paths out there, which which have been around for a, a, you know a long time. And the problem that we have on those is, you know, you've got people walking their dogs and you've got people just walking or rollerblading or people riding their bicycles slowly. And uh, they're well known to be f- potentially very hazardous places to ride a bicycle fast because you could really clobber someone. There's there's there are people it's it's a it's a dense environment. Yeah, it's a dense environment. And, and that's exactly what I one of the things I worry about with protected bike lanes. I, there's so much to go into. Uh, that I, I just don't think that we have time to cover or, and I certainly don't feel like I have expertise to cover in terms of like how safe are they? What message do they send? Um, you know, is it good to totally segregate uh, bicycle and motor vehicle traffic? And, and that's kind of the big politics of bicycle advocacy that have, have been going on in the United States for a really, really long time. I, I think that at this point it's really tilting in favor of really the status quo now is, People have bicycle advocacy organizations all over the country have decided that the model to shoot for is that Northern European um, protected lanes as much as possible. So I I guess those are my thoughts is it does make me a little nervous because I support them, but I'm also, I don't want to be even weirder when I'm not in the lane. And I don't, I don't want to lose that complete freedom, even though I recognize that they probably make everyone, including me safer. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I remember when uh, New York City, which is where I lived at the time, sort of first started kind of going hard in the paint with uh, striping bike lanes. And the reaction from a lot of the people who were, if they weren't bike messengers, then they looked like, like one. You know, what I'm, you know what I'm going for here? Mm-hmm. Yep. The reaction from a lot of those folks was, like, I don't want these... I don't want to ride in these. I want to, you know, sort of cut through traffic and ride fast in the car lanes. And sure. as, you know, as a as someone who likes to ride fast sometimes, I totally get that. You know, there's kind of a, a wild, wild west thrill of, of riding fast with fast traffic that, can be slightly dangerous but it's not about the danger it's just it's exciting it's like i don't know surfing big waves or something yeah absolutely. Um, but like you know obviously if you say that you know because i like to do this then nobody should get the benefit of that then you're being a jerk to <laughs> a lot of people yeah um 
But then I, you know, I also now as a bike racer and spending a lot of time on my bike, going out riding and training, it's, uh, well, I guess, you know, when you brought up multi-use paths, there's a, there's a good example here, um, where I live now in Minneapolis and there's a, there's a big multi-use path that just cuts, uh, east to west right across the city. Um, and it's actually in an old sunken railroad bed. So it's below street grade. So all the streets pass above it. So it's kind of like this this gigantic ditch or a small valley. Sure. And when when it's when the weather's a little bit nasty or in the winter, you can kind of feel like you've got the path to yourself. But then 10:30 a.m. on that first beautiful Saturday of the spring, it is full of people. And like you said, people walking their dogs and maybe not keeping that leash as close as they ought to. And so like the leash is kind of going across your lane, which is demarcated as yours. Mm-hmm. Or people rollerblading and they're doing their big like side to side kick. Or, you know, people just like talking and walking to abreast. But still, you've got to like slow down, wait, go around them. All these things that are like that make that make me think, all right, I, it used to just take me like 20 minutes to get like out of the city on this path when I was just riding my pace and now it's going to take me so much longer because like other people, uh, yeah. Um, I feel your, and there's like, there's like a little bit of a tension there. And I guess I just, you know, my attitude is I want to acknowledge the tension, but I also like just embrace the idea that like my impatience is just that it's just it's just that i'm impatient and this is still a good thing even if i need to like dial everything back a lot yeah well and you know and you're not going to be doing at least i hope not if you have any sense you're not going to be doing intervals on your way out of town on this bike path you know unless it's really dead in which case okay you know we do have an analogous i mean it's it's not exactly the same really but it is somewhat analogous uh system here with the the charles river bike path which goes along the charles river all the way from i think it starts in watertown massachusetts uh, or even actually newton massachusetts and and waltham something like that Uh, and it heads in along the charles river kind of wending and winding along with the river and you know just keeps going as as you get into the city and especially as you get further in there's more paths there's the charles river esplanade which is a major kind of pedestrian mall part of the whole Frederick Law Olmsted uh, green space sort of design stuff that that happened when Boston got all its landscape architecting. Uh, and so it is, it's very convenient for getting in and out on that, of the city on that kind of right away along the river. And actually most of the time it's not that bad, but yeah, then you have the days, and especially if you're, if you're further downtown, especially, especially if you're further downtown where it gets super crowded. And, and sort of the peak, ridiculously crowded bike path is during uh, the head of the Charles Regatta. It's a boat race. You may have heard of it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a pretty big deal. Lots of rowing. Lots of people rowing for two days. It's like a, it's like, I don't know, an omnium weekend for <laughs> rowing boats. Uh, except not, because you, you only have one, one race. It's, it's so big that you race. They have so many races scheduled. They need two days. Anyway. And you'll have tons of spectators and athletes and all kinds of people walking all along 
uh, the path, and sometimes they have boats over their heads, and <laughs> it's just kind of <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so that's sort of like the, the worst example of it. But for the most part, for getting in and out of town, I think these things work great. I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know that it's going to be totally analogous to what's going to happen with more separated bike lanes. And overall, I, I do have some reservations, as I think a lot of people do, about the message of making totally separate facilities for for bikes you know that maybe it sends the message that oh bikes don't belong in the road but at the same time you know as i've become older i'm i'm just not that kind of john forrester um effective cycling vehicular cycling <laughs> advocate because i don't think that's the model for getting everyone onto a bike i i do not think that bicycles mix uh, perfectly with vehicular traffic as John Forrester would have us believe uh, at all. Um, despite yeah, that, the fact that, that I have sort some... of ha- that sort of requires a very starry eyed view of, um, other people and people who drive cars. Yeah. Well, starry eyed view. And I think that also it, it reflects, um, really a lack of empathy about, about people's comfort like i know that and this has just been true and it's not just in um riding bikes around but in general i'm i don't know there's a it seems kind of loaded to put it this way because it's it's unfair you know if i say i'm courageous then it means like i'm better than you i'm braver than you but (laughs) as opposed to being you know less uh maybe stupidly not as risk averse as I should be, right? But <laughs> but in many ways, I'm I'm I like to I'll dive into things, and if I'm not totally sure, I'm like, well, I'll give it a try, and and that's just not how a lot of people work, and it, you know, it is a very particularly masculine approach to um, sharing the streets, and, and we sort of need to move past that. Yeah. And as far as the tension goes, so you know, I, I think it'll probably be okay, and when I worry about it, I try to remind myself that countries like the Netherlands have both lots and lots of bike paths and, and separate uh, protected bike lanes and also have a very robust culture of like athletic road cycling. And that seems to work out okay. And we could, we could get our science on and say that if you have a normal distribution and you shift the mean, you're also going to shift the extremes. Yeah. And so by like getting more ordinary people into it, even ordinary people in an ordinary capacity, such as eh, riding their bike to the bus stop or noodling around or going to the grocery store, that on a broad scale leads to or uh, will also produce better athletes oh yeah i i mean i absolutely this is kind of a major bugbear of mine is i hate this kind of tension in at least internet bicycle culture between sort of the fast people and the utility people where there's a definite contingent that that thinks that racing culture is actively bad for bicycling advocacy um Mm. i think that's bogus (laughs) bogus <laughs> to be completely honest uh i just think that doesn't make any sense um and there's not time to really go into why and i also you know none of these people are here to defend themselves 
<laughs> but you know, I, I, we we could queue up and like take shots at a straw man all we want. This oh, is we, our podcast. Well, yeah, I mean, we could, but you know, we're we're running a little <laughs> long on this now, and <laughs> we might want to wind it down. But I do when I think about it, you know, I I think that my final word would be for all my anxieties when I look at some of the actual proposals for for protected bike lanes and, and improved facilities here in Boston, I see things like there, there's um, a proposal for a separated bike lane on the Jamaica way, which is a major road that kind of cuts through uh, a bunch of neighborhoods near downtown Boston and, and by the medical area and, and up to near like Fenway park where the Red Sox are and riding. You can't ride a bike on jamaica way it's insane it's it's twisty and it's an older design of road where it's relatively narrow uh, and doesn't have many shoulders and people i mean boston boston drivers are infamous and i see the renderings of this protected bike lane along the jamaica way and it's like oh this this takes this this stretch of road that is like off limits like don't ride your bike here you're gonna die and and says this this is your place as well you belong here so you know even if that isn't always the the person who belongs there might not always be someone who is riding fast like me but uh i ride slow too i like to i need to get to work you know and i'm i'm not always just totally booking it the whole way so and and i'll take and and i I should say i do often take these paths because uh, i if i don't have to tangle with cars um thumbs up Mm mm-hmm yeah, and I think if if I if I'm gonna wrap up the segment with anything, it, it might be that like, yeah, if I'm if I'm trying to go for a fast ride, I'm probably not anywhere where there's a bike lane, and even you know, let's say I'm on my way back into the city from some riding fast, I might not want to be confined to a bike lane for this like very specific type of riding. Sure, but. As you you also do, I assume, you know, I ride my bike to the grocery store and I ride my bike to my job and I ride my bike to go hang out with friends, Mm -hmm. not out of like a political view that riding bikes is the best because when the weather's nasty, I drive to go see people or to run errands or, you know, from like running a little bit late and driving is like a little bit more convenient and I'm a little bit tired. Like sometimes I look at the car, it's parked (laughs) back there and I think like. I think I'm going to use this instead. I feel a little bit bad about myself, but whatever. <laughs> um, I guess I guess the point I'm trying to make is that, like, bike racers, you know, like you mentioned, sometimes there's a, a negative view about bike racers from, like, not necessarily, like, the advocacy, advocacy community, but from, from some people who think that bike racers are snobs. And uh, I think what I would close this by saying you know many of us are just bike people also but also for those of us who do like to ride fast like when we're in these spaces that we share with other people especially people who don't want to encounter snobs we shouldn't act like it we shouldn't ride like jerks on the greenway even if even if i'm a little bit impatient because it's taking me longer to get outside of the city to go do my intervals (laughs) right on cool Cool. Whoa, whoa, that was amazing. We both said we, cool at the same time. We <laughs> we neatly came to the end of a segment. <laughs> yes, nicely done.
<laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, um, Matthew, I, I, I have a feeling you might have uh, a bit of a rant for me. I do, man. I do. Okay. Okay. Lay it on me. I'm ready. I'm ranting about. I'm ranting about something that we cannot control. We've had a really nice spring here in Minnesota. Spring has come like way early. It's the snow melted, and we had a couple days in the 60s. That is just, it's March. I mean, that is unheard of. Not unheard of. It is unlikely, and unusual. But yeah. very nice. It has been really nice. Uh, but, you know, every coin has another side and it started snowing again. And, uh, this morning when I woke up and grabbed my bike, oh, it was just so wet and disgustingly slushy outside. Ugh. Yeah. And there's, there's no way that, that is maybe like the most unpleasant riding conditions because it's slippery and it's wet and it's cold and i don't care how great your fenders are you're still getting gonna get crap on some stuff it is yeah. just ex it is ex it is extremely unpleasant but it is the difficult road that we have to walk in order to get to the other side i'm not i'm talking about springtime not death <laughs> not the same thing <laughs> but it's but it's the it is the worst it is just slush is the worst i don't care for it i don't like it it destroys bicycles it just it turns a, a formerly functioning bicycle into just a piece of shit that i just makes me want to go just throw it out i'm gonna get another one <laughs> I've um, I've done a fair amount of training outside, like actual weather decent enough to be training outside. Yeah. And you know the bike, the bike that I've been doing this on, just it needs to be taken apart and cleaned and put back together. Which of course you know that's what it takes to to ride a bike in some foul weather. But it, there were just a couple of days when everything on it was just grime and salt and crusted closed yeah i'm fairly that's, certain that's that... a great way to make cantilever brakes even worse oh oh i'm fairly certain that my commuter bike's chain is about twice as long as this when it started <laughs> it's just yeah. ground down to nothing yeah i'm with you man i'm with you though it's not always the slush you know here here we we have not been blessed with the the uh, early spring that you have over in Minnesota. Um, we we actually had a late winter, and I started off I started off my training uh, seriously in in late December, and it was you know then it was the forty five degrees and raining style, and it's, you get much the same problem. There's just it's wet, it's miserable. Uh, water means that all the grit and sand and grime on the road just gets all over your bike and into all of its parts and on your brake pads. And every time you brake, you hear, <laughs> and, yep. and it makes you sad. Uh, and we had that. And then Winter said, ha, 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 what do you think of that? All right, now we're going to dump a crap ton of snow on you. <laughs> Try that. 
uh, and so then it was snow, and it's like, you know, and you think that's bad because it's like I, I I had to ride to my job because my job is the sort of job that I really, for the most part, need to get to on a Monday or a Tuesday or whatever, regardless of what the weather is like, because that's the job. I gotta be there. I gotta do things, and that's the job. Uh, you gotta show up. Gotta show up, and you know, riding through, you know, several inches of snow on the roads with, uh, gale force winds is, is really, it's exciting. But you know, that isn't that, and you think that's bad, but then after that, as the snow is finally melting, then the streets are covered in mushy slush and brown sugar. And <coughs> it's packing up in, in, you switch back to your commuter bike from your cross bike and it's packing up in your fenders and it's packing up under the bottom bracket and it's packing up, you know, between the brakes and the rims. And then nothing works anymore. So I hear you. And and you and, and you're pedaling and you're like, why why is my bike so slow? Why why like do I just suck? Am what? I just weak? Why and did you look, everything break at some point? <laughs> yeah. And you go well and you go to pick up your bike and you're like, this bike was heavy, but I did not think it was this heavy. <laughs> and you place it down, and approximately 40 pounds of slush <laughs> break <Just> off <laughs> and fall on the ground. <laughs> oh. and, and, and you are sad. <laughs> so I feel your pain. And yet, and yet it is, as you said, it's the road we must walk. <sighs> right now, winter here is in, actually, it's... it's, it's uh, we're deep into like the uh, <laughs> fuck you. I'm I'm holding on <laughs> by winter <laughs> part where it warmed up a bit and it was like <laughs> you know it, there was a day like a week or two ago where it hit like 50 degrees or something and I rode without gloves and it was glorious and then uh, winter said oh hell no <laughs> I'm not going anywhere and a cold front came in and it it's been windy and freezing ever since and it's it's now you know it's past the official first day of spring uh and we're still freezing so the only place the literally the only place on earth (laughs) that had a and is still having a colder than usual winter uh is is new england so yeah that's the balls man (laughs) yeah uh so i guess that i guess that was sort of a mutual rant Tag team rant. Tag team rant. High five. <laughs> <laughs> someday, someday we'll do this in person and we'll actually high five. Oh man, so we could have so many good sound effects that we can just make with our hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we'll do. Sound effects, hand sound effects. We'll do the. I don't know. There was a guy. Yes, that is a clap. There was, was there clap. was a guy who was on. Uh, uh, when I was a kid, I don't like this show, and I don't like the guy who does this show. But on a, on a Prairie Home Companion, who like was somehow like playing musical notes like with his fingers or hands or something. I don't really know how that worked. It was really Whoa. weird. Though maybe it wasn't really happening. Maybe it was like a joke because you can't see. That just occurred to me. Right. Who knows what Who knows what they're really doing there? Yeah, Garrison Keillor's in your neck of the woods, actually. Yeah, he's a Minnesota farm guy. Yeah. He's a he's a grouch. Is what he is. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Yeah. Well, 
uh, I think it's getting to be about that time, isn't it? It is getting to be about that time. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's uh let's wrap this thing up. Let's stick a fork in it. Let's kill it with a fork. No, well, let's not kill it. Let's, we're going to be back. Let's, we're going to be back next week. <laughs> let's hit the stop button on the recording function. Yes. With a with a with a fork? Uh Is that what we're do- uh, that yeah, what we're doing? Yeah, well, it's a it's a a touch fork that you can touch your I think I've had too much beer. All right. <laughs> If you want to get in touch with us, you can do that. We are on Twitter. We are at underscore WHBP. Uh, you can also email us at honestbikeprogram uh, at gmail.com. Uh, you can talk to me directly on Twitter. I'm at Grolby and Matteo. You are at underscore Matteo. Yeah. We spell that M-A-T-T-I-O, not to be confused with other other spellings yeah not not uh matteo not matteo not matthias matteo matteo heard it all i've heard it all it's a name that confuses people it it is well you know (coughs) that's what you get and uh (laughs) so holler at us if you have disagreements if you have agreements if you just want to uh, talk whatever it's cool uh we're into that and hopefully you know everything anyway we'll see you next week Good night. Au revoir. program is recorded before a live audience of my cat <laughs> oh crap you should say that again because i was busy talking over it uh at first that was really funny <laughs> well i did say that well no see this is the magic of um of double 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 ending it yeah multi-track is we can just no i mean i can just i can just delete your that oh, part nice. of your track where you talked over me brilliant yeah, I, I was, I was, I had that one saved up, <laughs> but the cat is in here. <laughs> uh, okay, so you want to go through and? <laughs> I know, it's sad. That's okay. It's good. It's sad.